I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello. Uh, we are here for episode five of Joe Black Meets, and this time I'm meeting the absolutely stunning Juno Birch, a blue alien woman, uh, Sims playing, performing a ridiculous ball of chaos, and what a joy it was. Um, as always, uh, there are no sponsors at the time of the recording of this little intro so if you would wish to support me in some way my merch store has just relaunched with some new designs and prints and things including a cheeky little sales section from old tour prints um or come see me on tour with club cataclysm across the uk uk the uk and ireland this october and november everything can be found at mrjoeblack.com that is m-i-s-t-e-r not just m-r mrjoeblack.com anyway uh please be sure to like subscribe all of that nonsense give us a cheeky five stars unless there's ten and uh yeah enjoy the chat with juno birch Goodbye! This meeting is being recorded. And it's being <laughs> recorded because, firstly, hello, Juno Bert. Hello! Um, <laughs> but this is being recorded because I'm, I'm here to ask the big questions. Um, oh. I'm here to ask you, on behalf of everyone, what the hell is going on? Uh, you want me to answer that honestly? Yeah. I have no idea. Honestly, I have no clue what's going on. You, wh- why are you a hot dog? Why are you blue? Why did you crash land on this planet? Like, I don't know. What is going on? There is no reason for anything that I do. It just happens <laughs> and I let it happen. Yes, that's why I say yes, that's happening all the time. Because the thing is, I feel so out of control in my own life. That I have to just be like, yes, that's happening. Just let it don't happen. Just, don't just embrace the chaos. Be the chaos. Be exactly. You that's, are the chaos. That's a mantra. <laughs> so, 
so let's I'm gonna take so we'll take it back. So I was originally aware of you uh because you were an illustrator and uh, uh I don't know if potter is the right word. You were a what would the ter- ceramics you 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 made things with clay. I don't know what the term is, a sculptist or something. A sculptor, I would say yeah, a sculptor. A sculptor, yeah. that's it, yeah. Because I was like, I said potter, but then I just imagined you like in full costume, just at a pottery wheel. With, <laughs> or, and that's not... Or dressed as Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Transphobia oh, yes, God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was aware of you from your illustrations and your uh, sculpting work. Uh, and it's obviously come on, um, it's transformed quite a bit from yes. there. I, do, I don't want to say leaps and bounds because you were excellent at that. You've just you sort of that. moved vocation. Uh, yes. But it all, it all makes sense. You've become, so for people listening unfamiliar with uh, Juno's previous illustration and sculpting work, is the illustrations and the sculptures were what you look like on yes. stage. So you became the art. Absolutely. Well, I did that for years and years of drawing this character. And then I think once I kind of, I kind of switched a little bit and I was like, I can't keep still. I need to just, I need attention. <laughs> and I, I love performing more than anything. That's my favourite thing about drag. So I was kind of like, I want to perform. And I didn't really specifically sit there and go, I'm going to make myself into my art. I kind of, it just kind of naturally happened because I, I just would paint myself my favourite colour and I would do my hair how I like it, the kind of thing. And it just kind of gradually become something in my brain that I've always admired, like a very specific image. Well, I think that's also one of the one of the reasons you did so well, other than the fact that you are brilliant, um, uh-huh. is, is that... What you're, what you're doing is very clearly, authentically you. You haven't looked around and gone, right, what's the market to be filled here, right? There's no <laughs> blue sunglass-wearing alien women. Uh, it, it wasn't that. It was like a very natural, this is what you like, this is what you enjoy, this is what excites you. And I always find with performers, if they're doing something that excites them, that's really infectious for an audience. Uh-huh. Um, and something people can really get on board with. Uh, it was just a, a lovely coincidence that um, what you liked doing, uh, everyone else liked as well. Yes, I think the thing is though, people kind of people kind of just like chaos, and I am literally chaos. So it's I think it's 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 going pretty well. <laughs> when did the um, when did this sort of so the character you drew? When did that start? Well, there's photographs of me <laughs> back in probably about, I was probably about 14. No, probably about 15. And that was the first time I painted myself blue. And I went to this event in Liverpool called uh, Psycho Motel. And it was like a themed Halloween-y kind of dress-up punk kind of um, weird underground kind of club night. And um, I just used to paint myself blue every time I visited. <laughs> and I don't know why I did it. I think originally, the first time I went, I was supposed to be Miss Argentina from Beetlejuice. But it just I did not that, look yeah. like that. I took the red wig off. I was like, I'm not feeling the red wig. And I, at, at the time, I had a blonde Chelsea cut. And I had a, a blonde Chelsea cut, blue skin. I had leopard print skirt and stockings. And then since then, I've just kind of painted myself blue again because I just, I, I like the way it looks. And I kind of, 
have become so delusional to the point where I think it's actually my real skin. <laughs> like, I do, people always, I don't know me, go, why are you blue? Oh, my God, you're blue. I'm like, am I? Well, oh, forgotten, yeah. <laughs> it just feels so natural to me. You've you've picked a colour that uh, is, is um, it makes getting ready quite, quite a challenge i imagine or are you so used to it now that it's just like it's like someone just you know putting on their hat or their suit or whatever or their dress for the day their outfit for the day is it just become that where you're like right it's time to go to work get out the blue pants stick. yeah i can i can get ready now in 45 minutes from from start to finish but the thing is with the blue paint i don't usually have to cream contour or do like heavy contouring and stuff so i just literally slap it on talcum powder it eyes on um, eyebrows on, lips on, go. But when you're on stage, it doesn't matter about being like perfection makeup because people see from the back row anyway, don't they? Then, so why are you still perfection then? Explain yourself. I cannot help it. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's just naturally how I am. I'm just so I'm, gorgeous. I'm... I've got this image of you now with the Chelsea cut and the leopard print on. So that's very, <laughs> sort of very alternative punky teenager then, I guess. Yeah, well, I went through many phases because I just, I was just so bored all the time. So I looked, I had different colour hair every single week. I was like changing my look constantly. But it was all fun. It was like dressing up. It was like, it was like, I'm allowed to. Once I transitioned, I was kind of like, I'm allowed to be wear exactly what I want. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Not because I transitioned, but because I just felt more free with what I could look like. Um, yeah, because you, you became your authentic self. Yes. Spot on. When, do, you, do you mind me asking when you transitioned? Because you were, you were early, weren't you? Because I remember you've said about the Tavistock Centre and... Yeah, I, I identified that I was trans when I was 13. But back then, no one really said transgender. It was kind of like people just said sex change. That was like the, the thing that people said. Um, and um, I got referred to like a clinic when I was like 13. It wasn't a trans clinic. It was just like help for kids kind of thing. They had no idea what to do with me. And then I got referred to the Tavistock Clinic, which was literally saved my life because I didn't see another way out of 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 living my life like that with that body. It was just not... I couldn't function naturally with anything that I was doing. So in the Tavistock, they gave me therapy for years and years. I think the rumour in the media is that they... They gave people medical um, treatment too early, which is absolutely not true. Like, I waited, I think, many, many years till I actually got any medical treatment. But they always question you and make sure that you you are sure about what you're doing and that kind of thing. And it, It's almost like the media is lying. The media is lying. <laughs> but the thing is... It's like, it, it, it's it's this thing about the parents who are scared for their children. I, I'm i not having my child being trans or um, the JK Rowlings of the world. They're kind of, they're kind of controlling the media in a way because they're the people that the media listens to. So um, it's a shame that it's been shut down because I, I had so much, I know a lot of trans people will disagree with me because they there's they're opening up more clinics but i think the result of it being shut down is not what should have happened i think they should have just give better training to the staff anyway oh my god we're going on a trans 
tangent. <laughs> no, this is this is this is your realm to talk about. That's uh, you know I don't know it, so I'm I'm learning as well. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean, so the, you for those few years that was obviously quite. Uh, that was quite a show, you know. You you went with that, and then you became blue, um, and then <laughs> <laughs> like what a few years for you. And then, clear, you know, you, you as as far as I'm aware, you're a very happy individual. Yes. Um, and it's all of those sort of uh, one by one situations made you into the glorious, glorious alien woman we see before us today. Oh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hark back a little bit to the Beetlejuice reference. Oh yes, because you were saying about Miss Argentina, um, and 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 you know not actually, and then that so that was maybe the, the what's the word I'm looking for, the crux, not the crux, the the let's say the the, the starting point. Yes, right. You were being Miss Argentina. The Tim Burton thing is very much. Uh, I remember specifically early on for you. In your illustrations uh-huh. um, and 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 uh, sculpting work, the Tim Burton influence is really was really like obvious in like the most oh glorious gosh, way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, Tim Burton. I, I think that my favorite things about Tim Burton was the early days. The thing, the artwork that he did in the eighties, um, when he was like at Cal Arts and um, things like that. I I just absolutely love his artwork. And I think something that I just loved about Tim Burton was that everything was... People were blue in the movies without actually having a reason why they were blue. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it was because they were dead, but other times it was like, they're just blue kind of thing. And I kind of really liked that. Because from that, you've now become this sort of uh, 60s sort of alien bombshell yeah sort i was That's never a bit... really like a, a tim burton goth i was never really the gothic side of tim burton was never anything that super excited me it was more the the parts of the tim burton world that were like the housewives from edward's hands having ambrosia salad or you know it was those parts that were pastel 60s vibes that were always i was drawn to um yeah gloriously kitsch <laughs> Yes, glorious, sickly kitsch. Sick, I, I, and then I think you've, I mean, obviously it's quite a, it's an aesthetic that is in other things as well. But I think the, uh, the manner in which you do it is very much, I can look at certain things and go, that's very Juno. Yeah. Just, you know, if I rewatch Edward Scissorhands now, I'm like, this is very Juno. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, but at the same time, Egon is trying to. Uh, my, one, of, one of my cats, oh. Egon, is tr- is trying to get involved, and Come I. On. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I realised I probably should have shut the door because uh, oh. he is absolutely going to try and climb on the computers. How is Cyril, your your lovely he Oriental is, short hair? Well, I missed him so much when I was on tour, and because um, my mum was living here and looking after him, and then as soon as I've come home, he's been glued to me. Um, I barely go out of the house because I just don't want to leave him. <laughs> but um, he sleeps every single night wedged in my neck um, and follows me around the house, even when I go to you, the toilet. You've got just... asthma. I think cutting off your breathing, is to, he's trying to kill you. Yes, he is trying to kill me. Sometimes I will wake up and his whole body is on my face. <laughs> this but is why cats... Phil must be there at all times, just to make sure that the cat isn't killing you. Yeah. But the thing is, cats are, cat, I think cats are always trying to kill their owners, aren't they? 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's a certain disregard for human life yeah. that um, cats have. And, and they, they have... I remember seeing this. It was like a veterinary... Um, not warning. He's just mewing now. Um, like a veterinary... Not warning thing, but guide for like dealing with cats. And it said something like, the cat has no... Was it has no regards for social norms? Uh, please <laughs> use gloves. Also, basically, went the cat will fuck you up purely because they can. Like, <clears throat> please advise caution when dealing with cats. They don't understand what is polite. Oh my god, that's um, why I love cats, though. Do you also not understand what is polite? Is that what you're getting at? You yes. sort of you wish you could live that freedom of oh he has come to say hello. Hello! Oh my god. Oh, he's hitting me now. He's a little raw Um, chicken. He is a little raw chicken. I've got my little grey chicken. That's much more well behaved. (laughs) Um, But so, right, I keep sort of going back uh, on on all these things. So the performing, right, you started it because you needed the attention uh, is what you said. Like you were like, right, sculpting ain't enough. Illustration ain't enough. I need the... Like most drag queens, I love attention. But um, I, I, I performed a lot in high school in like performing arts and all that kind of thing. And I just, I spent so many years of my teenagerhood not doing any of that because mm-hmm. I transitioned and I, in my brain, I was like, I need to, I, I did everything I did, every everything I could to not um, be trans. And my in my brain, I didn't want to be trans. I just wanted to be a biological woman and and I didn't associate myself with anything performative or yeah. you know anything that would relate to drag and then I kind of switched and I was like actually what the fuck am I doing I don't need to fit into society I'm just gonna be me and do what I enjoy and straight away my brain was like I want to be on stage <laughs> so that's when I kind of switched and was like started performing and um I just love theatricalness and well, you- you sort of hit it off immediately, um, which I I, I, I I clocked on. And I remember messaging you when after your first sort of performances and stuff as the Juno Birch we know today. And you just sort of, it, you just sort of would do it. And then you were like, right, I'm on stage now. And then immediately you were, you were sort of a, a sensation. And it was like, oh, my God, have you seen Juno Birch? <laughs> um, that's, that was my recollection of it. Yeah. Um, is that you She's just the talk of, exp- of the town. Talk of the town. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just you were sort of over. I don't want to say an overnight sensation because you were working hard on your on your own artistic endeavors. <laughs> um, but you you said about it, it being um, <coughs> being drag. So you very much consider what you do drag. Yes, absolutely. Because I yeah I always because you know I've heard you say it before, but in my head it's just well that's just you know. Do you know I I haven't. Uh, my brain, for some reason, doesn't see it as like a separate character. That's just you, but looking that way. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's like out of drag and at home. I'm I'm basically the same as I am when I'm in drag. But the only difference is that I'm more excited when I'm in drag because I feel more awake. When I'm out of drag and I look like Gollum and I'm sat at home in my pajamas, I'm tired, so I'm not like as energetic. <laughs> so very very tired. Very tired. Oh. <laughs> So th- th- there's a, like a clear definition for you, but it's like a, I, I think a lot of people say this. There's like a heightened um, thing because f- for for me personally, I don't. There's not like a clear distinction. There's not a character shift when I'm on stage. It's just everything is is bigger. Yeah. 
I'm not pretending to be someone else. I'm just being myself, exactly. but more yeah. obnoxiously, uh, essentially, is, yeah. <laughs> is just the the far more obnoxious version of myself. Yeah. Um, and we was, I was saying about you know you became an overnight sensation, oh. and then you you just you've just recently uh, concluded a tour of the UK, of the USA, and of uh, the Australias. Yes. It was literally the best thing in the world, honestly. That was your first big tour, wasn't it? Your first tour, right? First tour, yeah. <gasps> I'd never done a tour before, and that was the first one, and it was just, it was insane, because I, a lot of the time, I don't, I don't get booked a lot for shows. I think people see me on YouTube, and they see me as a character on, you know, like, doing videos and things like that, and they don't kind of, I think I, I don't get booked a lot to perform in the UK, um, I, I, I think that's because um, you are, we'll get to YouTube uh, in a bit, but you were very, very uh, successful on the YouTubes uh, that I think uh, for most shows, they'd kind of just go, oh, she's a YouTube celebrity. We can't afford that. You, that, that yeah. That's where my brain goes with it. Because you look at somebody that's on, I mean, YouTube's strange because it's like having your own TV channel. Yeah. So it's like having this TV star available to be beamed straight into your living room. Yeah. Uh, on demand and uh it does i feel whenever you're announced for an event it's an occasion oh an like a real occasion it's an occasion i don't think it's like a casual oh she's on the lineup yeah it's like with special guests judo <laughs> but and then cue, cue the like ceremony <laughs> <theremin> music <laughs> yeah very, very much that so how as someone that had never toured before, I find this fascinating because I've done it for years, that I'm kind of so used to what is bizarre elements of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are your takeaways from the, not just the, like the actual performances themselves, but everything around it? Um, I would say, um, don't eat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't. Also, the thing is about touring as well is that I, I found that I was over planning everything. I was like over, overly kind of putting costumes together. I was putting myself in really tight corset and pads every night. And I was kind of like, I don't actually need that to perform well. I don't need that to be able to. I'm just making it harder for myself. So I think yeah. the thing is that I've learned is to, is to do what's more comfortable physically um um people don't really care about that they just care about what you say and what you perform and 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 that kind of thing so i think um i've realized that just make it a bit easier for myself (laughs) oh i i fully under so for years i would make things really hard for myself yeah because i wanted to make the biggest impact and then on the um on the decapunk tour that i did last year um and also the drag race tour i learnt that uh, putting myself through physical uh, uncomfortableness night after night after night after night is is not um, a sustainable uh, method yeah. of, of touring because it's it's tiring enough as it is. Because the thing um, is you want... Oh, sorry, go on. No, so it's just like if you forego a few elements that actually don't make a difference to the performance but makes more of a difference to your comfort you will have a much better time. And by the time you get to show number 30, 
and your body is giving up on you. You've barely slept. You've been living on a terrible diet of, uh, you know, service station food and quick meals. You can still give everyone 110% because you haven't like, I, there was on the drag race tour, there were some of the ones that were like corseting themselves to within an inch of their life, wearing these giant shoes for hours. Um, you know, all of the tape and the pulling and the, and it, it just, it fucks up your body. Yeah. But some, uh, some drag queens really enjoy that process of it. Like Cherry Valentine, it, <coughs> she always said, like, if it doesn't hurt, then no, if it hurts, it just means it's better. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> and I remember saying to her, I was like, it was like, we were just sat, sat on the tour bus and I was like, you're not, and I was like, how old are you, Cherry? And I think Cherry, Cherry's in their kind of mid to late 20s. And I was like, when you're 30, I want you to, with full conviction, tell me. <laughs> that you still think it's a good idea and that it looks better if you're in pain. <laughs> I think it was, I think on the tour, I think it was when we got to Seattle, that was one of the last shows. I think that was the, the second to last show. And we'd done four days in a row with flights as because we'd gone off the tour bus halfway through and it was like, um, I think it was cheaper for us to fly. So we were flying on show days and then when it got to Seattle, I was um, so, I, 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 can't, I think it was a lot of to do with my breathing. It was a lot to do with, because a lot of the time asthma gets bad if I'm changing location. Also, if I smoke a bit too much as well. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> worried by breathing, do you mean you're in airports and you couldn't smoke? So you were like, yeah. I'm gasping. <laughs> but also, also, it's, it's like the lack of sleep, like, really fucks with me and uh, in Seattle I nearly fainted on stage but I still went the, the scary thing was is the stage was it didn't have wings it was like stairs going down and then you had to exit through the audience so if I was gonna faint <laughs> I had to like leave down the stairs and go out the exit so it was quite a scary show for me but I, in the end I just drank shit ton of Red Bull and it was it was a really good show. <laughs> oh yeah, looking after yourself. Yeah, let's have some Red Bull to sort yeah. that out. me right up. But, Cue but, the I mean, heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, not that we should be laughing at your misfortune, but I am like the lo- I'm sure the lovely people of Seattle would have looked after you. But yeah. I'm now imagining you sort of like mid numbers, like I am God. <laughs> yes, and it's like just just bum 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 bum. Yeah. Downstairs. Also, me going, I am God. <laughs> just um, Egon just ran away. Um, <laughs> I don't think he likes. He don't think he likes me singing. Um, <laughs> have I scared Cyril as well? I don't know where he is. Oh, I hear he is. Let me get Cyril. Come oh, on, Juno break just, up. Juno is off to get Cyril. Cyril is in the window, now. just narrating this. Here's the baby. Oh, hello, baby. Loves his mummy. Oh, look at oh, look at that gorgeous face. He's got such a long nose, like his mummy. Long boy. I just love him so much. Honestly, this was one of the hardest things being on tour was not having several there. Yeah. Um, But my mum came and lived at my house, and she was she loves it. She loves (laughs) living at my house. So she got attached to Cyril a lot. So it was really hard for her to leave. Did you come back and then you realised that all of your, your costumes and your wigs had been um, tried on by your mother? <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
That's a smoker's cough there, gorgeous. Yeah. I snapped <laughs> chain smoking <laughs> But um, no, I don't think she tried anything on. Maybe she had, <laughs> I'm not sure. But she told me that she didn't even open the drag room. And I'm kind of glad she didn't because it's it was such a mess before I left. Well, you, I mean, you were, how long were you away for? Uh, so we did, uh, the UK was three weeks, I think, but then we had a two week break. And then from Australia to America, I think it was, um, six weeks or five that's weeks. A, that's a while. Yeah, it was a while. It was so weird though, because we started in New York in America and then, by the time we got to LA, we were like, oh my God, New York was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, you you start with these things. You start, um, you lose track of any location, yeah. <clears throat> date, day of the week, time. <clears throat> there were so many times on the Drag Race tour, because that was like three months, that I'd be like just about to go on stage. And I would turn to the stage manager and I'd go, where are we? <laughs> and then, because they're so used to it. And then sometimes... Um, they would have bits of paper on the monitor speakers that said, today we are in. And then the, <laughs> because everyone's like lost their minds at this point. So we're like, we don't know if it's a Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Oh my if God. days of the week no longer exist. Um, and I guess that's why, sub I mean, when I saw Britney Spears at um, Brighton Pride and we can, you know, the, w the woman is uh, not in a, uh, at the time, we're not in a great mental state, that she said, hello, and then looked at a dancer and went, where are we? <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, I love uh, Britney. But that's, uh, you know, seeing that, I was like, ah, I can relate. Uh, maybe not to the full situation, but certainly to the um, where we currently are on this planet. Yeah. Um, so, we, we, you know, we've spoken about the sculpting, the art and the performance. Where <laughs> does YouTube come into this? Because, again, I think you've done that thing where it, you've done it. And somehow in my brain, that's always been the case. That you just always, that was always there. Um, I started doing YouTube in lockdown. So I was like, I was performing a lot and then we went into lockdown and I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And then I was like, I play Sims a lot in my own spare time. I don't as much now because I've just not got time to do it. But, um, and I kind of just started making videos playing the Sims in drag. And I was like, this is just going to be a little funny video that people are going to enjoy or I'm going to put it on my Instagram and it'll be a little bit of a funny video. But I'm not even joking. I was so surprised at how people reacted to me playing The Sims because it just, it went, there's like a weird cult following of people who watch me playing The Sims and they have like all the storyline and lore out. There's people who have Twitter pages of the characters that I've made in The Sims. And it just was bizarre. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed doing that over lockdown because it was my own way of almost directing my own soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also did uh, makeup videos, which um, was my, my first sort of like way of being able to really focus on makeup and really enjoy putting makeup on and taking my time with it and going through the process and sharing it with everybody. Um, and then I think that's when YouTube kind of took off for me in lockdown. Um, and it's like having my own little TV show. I love it. Yeah. I remember your, uh, your Big Brother series. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, with the ongoing plots. Um, 
And but yeah, like you said, this started in lockdown. For some reason, in my brain, it was there before. Yeah. But I guess I don't know. You maybe it's that, is it called the Mandela effect, where you believe something exists. Yeah. I kind of. Um, I think. I feel like the thing is, I do that a lot with drag. I think the things that I do, and I always make it look like I've been doing it, um, casually for years. Like when I meet, <laughs> when I go out in drag, or when I go to meet and greet, or something like that, I wear normal clothes. <laughs> But I'll be like in blue makeup and glasses and hair, and it kind of looks like this is how I look day to day, kind of thing. That's kind of <laughs> dedication. <coughs> dedication. Because you were saying about the the kind of lore of your your Sims thing. What I loved seeing all of your stories um, from the tour was the amount of people that came dressed as the characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, d- I, I, I always wonder the process of this because you are very, I think, very naturally funny because you are very absurd. And I mean that in the, the most <laughs> glorious way. Is that, do you just like look at a character and then just go, they're called, ah, there we go, like Bella Goff. Yeah, well, that, well there's some of the Sims, like Bella Goff, Bella Goff's an original Sim from oh, the game. Same as Joy Desperate. And, well, no, Joy Desperate was like a randomised um, NPC in the game. But, like, sometimes I'll just be, like... I, I, I've always been quite good at, uh, like, um, coming up with names and coming up with stories and things. Because when I was younger, I wanted to be a director. I wanted to write films and Same. direct films. Um, and then I realised, I'm not going to... I'm not getting coffee for any director and spending years being a bloody runner. I want the attention on me. <laughs> so I will... You will play God. You will play the puppet master... And you will bring great pain and suffering to all of the joy desperates yes, of the world. Yes, absolutely. Do you have a Do you have a favourite story, lore, character from your Sims videos? Is there one that you're particularly obsessed with that isn't necessarily what other people are obsessed with? Because um, that's sometimes how these things go, isn't it? That you can you can have a favourite thing that is not other people's favourite thing they've picked up on. Yeah. Well, the, uh, one of the things that happened because all the videos were never. I know what I was going to do in the video, but I, I, they would always be a bit improvised. And the way I would say things, oh, everything's just improvised, nothing's scripted and that kind of thing. So one of the videos, there's this iconic character in The Sims called Bella Goff. And everybody loves Bella Goff. She's been it since The Sims 1. And she, she died in my game, but you can always bring Sims back to life. And then, but you can't bring Sims back to life if their remains have been disposed of. And oh. I was about to resurrect the Bella Goth. I was like, oh my God, we need to resurrect her now. Yes, it's happening. Right, get, let's resurrect her now. A panicking mode. Get it, do it quick. And this Sim comes along with a trash bag and picks up her ashes oh. and puts it in the trash. And I was screaming into the camera. <laughs> And it was, because it was in lockdown, that was, like, so important to me. I was so <laughs> invested in this storyline of keeping Bella off alive. And everybody watching was, like, crying. <laughs> it was just... It was a bizarre situation. So people now and again will come to me in a meet and greet and say, I still can't believe Nervous Subject put Bella off in the trash. I'm still not over this. <laughs> like, it's real life. Um... But yeah, I don't I don't do Sims videos a lot anymore because 
I felt like that was something I was really passionate about in lockdown and I always move on from things and I get bored and I, people always are asking when's the next Sims video but the thing is about doing Sims videos is I'm not sponsored at all by EA or I'm not a game changer that kind of thing and it is takes a long time to make Sims videos so when I've it's like two days of prepping what I'm going to do in the video, setting it up or building something. And then it's a day of filming it. And then it's two days of editing it. So it's like a, almost like a week of doing it. And then it's like, I'll make not that much money off it. So it's like it, you have to take kind of balance what what I'm doing, really. I uh, In one of the later episodes, <coughs> uh, would the interview's been done, but will not be out at the time of this one. It was another YouTube-related uh, uh, people, and uh, it, it's it's so it, it YouTube is like another job. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I just I, I said to them, I was like, "How do you do it?" And they were like, "This is just what we do. Like yeah. that is you know their occupation." Um, so if you are going to make more Sims videos, you ain't got time to do. No one's going to see you on stage being absolutely stunning. Yeah. You just be locked away in your editing suite. Yeah. You know, Cyril on your shoulder, just <laughs> causing chaos for all of these. All I think of these a lot Sims. of people would prefer that. I think a lot of people would like that. <laughs> but um, I, my, I have to do what I. I've always been like this in drag. I always, I, I like to please people, but at the same time, I like to do what what I want to do. Um which is performing and I think I for something that I'd really love to do in the future I'd love to host TV shows or you know shows and things like that because I feel like I naturally feel so at home when I'm hosting something well um, they have just announced they're bringing, bringing back Big Brother I know but they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna book me for it or anything because I'm not like I think if they put a blue alien woman as a host of Big Brother on ITV2, the majority of the UK audience would be like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I I reckon that could be, you know, you've had a few big breaks. I reckon this could be be another one. Um, Something actually that I did want to talk about in terms of uh, breaking through an audience, your, uh, everything you've done has sort of like gone well. Um, which is, I think, brilliant that 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 happens. But there was a particular moment where you just... It's really slammed into overdrive in in terms of people being aware of you. So it was the Vogue video, wasn't it? But it wasn't... Obviously, feel free to correct me. It wasn't the actual Vogue video itself. It was that Trixie Mattel shared the Vogue video. So the Vogue video came out, and then how long was it out? Um, it was out probably about half a year and it didn't, it kind of just got like regular yeah. traffic like a normal Vogue video would get. And I wasn't, I, at the time I said no to do the video because they would they weren't paying me. And at the time I, I was struggling with, for money and I, I was need to pay the rent and kind of thing. But in the end I just said yes anyway. The video came out, it didn't really, I wasn't really phased by it, but it was a good like, stuff to say oh I've, I've done a video in Vogue kind of thing and the video and, is brilliant thank you I mean the thing is I'm so different in that video than I am now because I, I've never spoken on camera before so I was like I didn't know what to say and I was like so I just if I 
didn't know what to say. I'd just go stunning or stunning or well, that's that's stuck, hasn't it? Yeah, and then and then what <laughs> happened was they they edited it so they put every single stunning that I said in the video, and then from then on, people just shout stunning at me, which is perfect because I am. But... I love. I love. What a tagline! <laughs> you know the things. Pe- the things people shout at me compared to what they shout at you. <laughs> I just. <laughs> you know, I just get reference to high street brands from strangers. You just get oh, called no. stunning. H and M is a sleigh, though. H and M is a sleigh. They sell some gorgeous <laughs> things. They sent me a lovely vampire's wife cape, so I was pleased with that. Ooh, um, ooh the lovely collab yeah, with Suzy Cave. But, Trixie, sorry, yes. The Trixie, Motel, the Trixie Mattel video. So when I went to LA and then Trixie, I, I met Trixie in the UK. And then I stayed at a house when, we, when I first went to LA. And she, we did a YouTube video together and she posted that video. And I think what it did is it opened up that Vogue video to a lot more of the gay community, which are my fan base anyway is a lot of the LGBTQ community. So you, you, you attract the acronym folk. Yes. I attract the, the, the aliens of the world. Um, but, um, I cannot thank Trixie Mattel enough for all of the things that she's done for my drag career over the years. Oh, the woman's obsessed with you. Oh, I can't get rid of her, honestly, <laughs> but she, she's always supported by drag and she's always, um, Herman David, a boyfriend as well, and they are just, they feel like my mum and dad sometimes because I just feel like they are, I just I love them to bits. They're amazing. Do you, whenever you have any issues with anything, do you go, Trixie, what do I do? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, when we text each other, we'll be, we're like horrible to each other, but in a joking way. <laughs> So, you know, you say, oh, this has happened. What do we do? And they just go, give up. Yeah. <coughs> Quit drag. <laughs> Quit drag. <coughs> Stop God, making... I'm a lot today. I've not got COVID, it's, don't worry. It's the, it's, well, it doesn't We're not in the same room. <laughs> it's all right. I oh, can't yeah. travel through the Zoom, at zoom, zoom waves. Um, and, and in regards to Trixie, uh, you have recently <coughs> been the subject of a collaboration... Oh, yes. Um, with Trixie Cosmetics. And I was, um, obviously, I didn't tell anybody, but you mentioned it to me a while ago that it was in the works. Yes. But it was a long time ago that you mentioned it. And, of course, I sort of went, oh, that's happening. And it went to the back of my mind because nothing appeared. And then suddenly, here you are with uh, a brilliant collection, by the way. Thank you. Um, I have been using the palette at every gig. Oh my it's God, my really? two fa- <clears throat> my two favorite eye colors, which are blue and purple. Yes, and 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 then I use the orange for my eyebrows. Oh my to God, match my hair. So and the, uh, you know you've you've opened a, a world of more blue and purple possibility for me. And if I ultimately, I don't think I did need any more blue or purple eyeshadows, but I'm really glad I have them. Yeah. And I'm glad it's got your face on it because then I feel <laughs> like. You are adorning my eyes yes. every show now. I'm calling like you stunning you every time. Yeah, you're, you're 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 just sort of just a tiny person living on my face, going <laughs> stunning, stunning, stunning. <laughs> um, how has it been doing a makeup? You, um, yeah, sculptor, artist, performer, <clears throat> YouTuber, in vogue, now makeup. Oh, what? she does the lot. She does the yeah, lot. Yeah, she does the old thing. 
But um, doing the makeup thing has been a it's been a dream come true because I've always wanted to do a makeup collabor a makeup palette or you know a line of something that because of something that people re remember about me is that I'm blue and that I do this makeup. So uh, it was honestly a dream come true. And Trixie just texted me one day and she was like, do you want to do a makeup palette together? And I was like, um, yes. And then <laughs> it kind of, we did a Zoom call and we did like a few chats about it. And the thing is I wanted the palette to be, because a lot of the time you get all these palettes that are, they're all, they have a colour story and they're all sort of similar tones that mix in together. But I want it to be very specific about the, the human section, the alien section and the dark tones for around the eyes and things and and be a bit more of a clash of a palette. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's just been amazing, like, working with the Trixie Cosmetics team because the thing is they, they understand my aesthetic and they they'll send me like a, a promo art and I'll, and I'll be like usually if it's merch I'm like no I don't like that that's not me or whatever but with Trixie Cosmetics they seem to have understood exactly what I am and exactly the, the style I think as well because Trixie has a lot of similar fashion inspirations because mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like Trixie will do something and I'm like bitch we're doing the same fucking wig now. Is this happening? But I realised that her aesthetic is... Her inspirations have come from the very same thing that mine do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why the, 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 the company and the collaboration has worked so well. And isn't it amazing when a, um, a business just gets you? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good feeling. And also, you kind of don't... Um, I think as artists we're quite used to having to really explain ourselves and go oh actually we need to do this to keep it in brand all of that sort of stuff and then when someone does just get it right you're like oh oh yeah <clears throat> and you and you appreciate that that has happened not to say other people are doing anything like wrong but because they're not you they need a little more guidance and it can sometimes be quite hard to explain exactly like what the essence of you is yeah um but they've clearly uh <clears throat> they clearly picked up on that. What what would you say is the essence of Juno Birch, other than the smell of old ashtrays? <laughs> <laughs> well, the smell of old ashtrays. Um, I the essence of Juno Birch is complete and utter delusion. I would say, because <laughs> the thing is, is I my my persona is has a storyline, even though I've not sat there and written it it kind of has fallen into, it's like an extension of my own personality. It's like an alien crash lands on Earth and she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she's trying to fit in with the humans, but doing it completely wrong. And, and there's a sense of delusion, calling myself stunning all the time, even if I, like, got, you know, my flesh is hanging off or something. But it, it's like, it's like, I think the essence of Juno Birch is utter delusion. And she's here to teach other people and humans how to learn that delusion is the key to confidence. And hot dog costumes. And hot dog costumes. Honestly, people always ask about the hot dog costume, and that has come from The Sims. Because in The Sims, they always, like, stereotype things and use things that are kind of iconically American. 
And I think hot dogs is something that you look at and it's just so pop art. And, you know, you've got the bun, the dark, the mustard, and it's all just, like, very cartoony. And I've always been attracted to that kind of... I always like to wear food products as an accessory. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it's like an alien. Lo- lobster. Yeah, a salmon. lobster, a loaf of bread. And I think that's that's something that an alien would do, is they would think that that's a normal thing to do. And then I got really annoyed think... <laughs> when Machino did that runway and they brought out bread bags and bloody, like, lobster dresses and um, hot dog well, costumes. You, sh- and you I was should like... have got in, in contact and been like... Give me the things (laughs) right now. No, honestly, that wouldn't happen with Machino because I think they take a lot of inspiration from artists all the time. But it's it's one of those things is like, I don't mind them taking inspiration for things. I mean, I sound like I'm really big-headed saying they've taken inspiration, but... I don't mind that, but the thing that I do mind is when people are like, oh, you're, you're blue, you're doing that Machino alien look. And I'm like... No, bitch, I did it first. The Machino <laughs> is doing me! Yes! Uh, I mean, you've... I mean, that's that's the problem with being um, being so iconic, isn't it? Um, because don't people suddenly appear on European television um, pretending to be you in talent shows? <laughs> oh, my God, yes, I forgot about that. That was... So they mentioned me, though, in the... Ta- I, I can't remember where it was. Do you remember where it was? I feel like it was Italian. I don't... So, for anyone listening, out of nowhere, someone on a talent show in, I think... I mean, I might be wrong. I think it's Italy. Um, just appeared as you. Yeah. And was like, hello, I'm an alien. Um, but they were like... They, they said... Um, I, I tried... I got somebody to translate it on Twitter. This is... Bear in mind, this is like four or five years ago now. But they... They, I got someone to translate it on Twitter and they said that they were saying that they've come as an alien uh, 60s woman that's crash-landed and the judges were like, this has been done before, this is very Juno Birch, this is, you know, this isn't original and they, they kind of got booted off the show or something like that. But I, I think that is such a sleigh. Like, that is so iconic. Like, that oh. happened, like, years ago as well. So I was like... This, a gobsmacked me that people over there knew who I was. But then also, didn't someone make a theatre show, like a clowning show? Oh, yeah. Also as you. That's more recent. Yeah, that was a, a show in... I think that was Italy also. And it was called... Very popular in Italy for being... <laughs> it was called Rat Clown or something like that. And it was, a, it was somebody dressed as me with the supermarket trolley, with the glasses and the highlights and the purple skin and the beehive and everything um doing performances that i've done before so i'm i'm quite known to perform very heavy lip synky things and um very like operatic things and and they kind of just did that and it was kind of annoying that they were charging tickets to go and see a show that, that was your was show. Basically, my show. <laughs> and it was right before Attack of the Stunning as well. So it was kind of a bit annoying. But um I mean you need to franchise <laughs> this. That's what needs to happen. You need to rent out the blue skin. And you take a you take a cut of it all, you teach them how to do it. Yes. You'd be absolutely fucking minted. 
that's the thing though it happens all the time that people do like fashion brands do it a lot with um this new brand called this brand called humanic shoes in austria they've got like window they've got like shop windows where pictures of somebody dressed as me would exactly the same and it's like a campaign that they've done with this alien woman with the highlights the dots the glasses the gloves the hair the headscarf the lips the everything um in a shop window you, you you the thing is you are available to do these things yourself yeah, which is what i find bitch. really confusing <laughs> i mean selfridges went for the uh the original you were you were the christmas campaign for selfridges <gasps> along with um, Joe. Jane Horrocks. Oh, right? honestly, at Joe, I cannot even tell you how, like, scary that was. For, well, it wasn't scary, but I just couldn't. I'm such a huge fan of Jane Horrocks. She's up there with some of my favourite actresses. Jennifer Coolidge, Jane Horrocks. She's up there. Only people who begin with a J, which is why you're called Juno. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that, actually. Um... But it was, oh my God, it was amazing doing that with her. She's so lovely. And it was, you've done so many big surreal things. Uh, and it just, do you, when it's happening, you're like, yeah, this is really cool. Or is it a case of just get on with it and it's like after the fact you look back and go, that was amazing. Like, what is your relationship to it? Do you like... Um, are you referring to, what kind of things are you referring to? I mean, to be on the, you know, for the Selfridges Christmas campaign is yeah. phenomenal. Um, I mean, clearly you're a spokeswoman for Crocs as well. Um, oh, my God. Ginny. <laughs> Ginny was so fuming. <laughs> She's put all that leg work in, in those very comfortable shoes. Um, <laughs> and then... I fucking love Ginny. <laughs> <Jenny. laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, stuff like the Selfridges campaign, I mean, the tour... Um, makeup collabs is is it like a kind of pinch me thing, or do you sort of because some people when big things are happening they're like I'm just gonna get on with it see how it goes yeah or are you like oh my god oh my god oh my god it's happening this is a huge um I think I think it out of drag I am an anxious well I'm not anxious but I'm I'm always a bit like how am I doing with my life honestly I make do money. You... I do, my full-time job is to paint myself blue and put on a wig and do these things and, and it's bizarre to me. And then when I'm in drag, I think, well, yes, of course. This is I, correct. This is correct. They should be booking me because I'm so stunning. That's something the sister sister always says. Uh, and then when we were on tour, anytime there was a, a moment where it was like that realisation of, this is our job. She'd look and go, what a silly job. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think that's that's good for acknowledging when things are um, are good and bad. Yeah. That if something is, you know, ultimately you are still being paid to, and your job is to do this very silly thing. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not having a good day, something's gone wrong, just let and go, what a silly job. And I think it could be both, that's for both good and bad. Yeah. I have learned, I have learned though over the years is to be a diva. And I know that a lot of, like the thing is I've learned how to, because I early, when I early drag, I would get paid absolutely nothing for doing a hell of a lot of work. And a lot of the time I was kind of taken advantage of in that 
way. Um, and I think I've learned now to really get exactly things perfect is to be a bit of a diva because that way, not a diva in the way I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it kind of thing, but in a way that's more like if you've got a team of people working with you, if you don't say anything, that it's just going to be the same again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, and I've had this conversation with other people, is that you <clears throat> going, actually, no, Court, this is how I'd like it to go. It improves things for other people. Absolutely. As well, you know, uh, and, and uh, the entertainment industry is full of people that try to take advantage of people. Um, and also, I think you, you, you had success early on that maybe uh, you hadn't come to recognize the value of yet. So <clears throat> learning that, you know, your value being applied to other people's profitable business yeah. is, um, is definitely a, a, a thing. And I think that's something all performers need to learn. And it doesn't mean I need champagne and cocaine and sausages. Oh, wait, that is um, me also, though. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, I, I, it's just to explain the champagne, cocaine, sausages, it's, um, it was from a Nick Cave documentary. <laughs> and he's talking to Warren Ellis. And it was Nick Cave talking about... Um, when he curated Meltdown Festival for the South Bank Centre. And then one of the, they booked Nina Simone as their headliner. And uh, they said that she was a very, um, she just sort of sat there looking pissed off and then did the most amazing, phenomenal show. Uh, but she just sort of sat in the dressing room looking really angry. And then one of the uh, people working on it said, uh, Miss Simone, oh, Dr. Simone, is there anything we can get for you? And she said, I want some champagne, some cocaine, and some sausages. Oh, I love her! <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's why I said that, actually. I I in case that. anyone was listening, thinking, why is it, what's that's very specific three things to ask. Uh, <laughs> what would your fantasy rider be? Okay, so I already have a rider. Well, it's not, right. I have a rider, but it's not in my oh, head. I, I think... Is it is it like Prosecco, sushi and makeup wipes or something? Well, back in the brunch days, it was... That wasn't my rider because I didn't really have a rider. Like, you kind of... You would get Prosecco at the brunch anyway, but in my rider head, like, go out to the shop and get something before a show, it would be a bottle of Prosecco, a box of sushi and um, a pack of cigarettes and some airwaves. And that uh, was like, I think that's perfect. That is so I get. I guess the sushi, for some reason, I just thought that is what you would eat at shows. Yeah, because the, oh, I don't like eating in drag very much. I, I don't know why, but I just... Does it, anyone? It ruins things. It, it feels Messy. weird. I, when I eat food, I feel comfortable. And I don't like feeling that sense of comfort in drag. I like to feel awake and, and like, lively and whatnot. But um, when I, on the tour, I'd have, like, vodka, lime and soda um, because I need to stay hydrated. <laughs> and then oh, also... Very sensible. Yeah. But in the UK, on my rider, I had a pack of Sterling Jewel. <laughs> For the tour? Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm actually going to add that to the rider uh, for mine, actually. Yes, absolutely. I never think to ask for cigarettes because it feels too cheeky, but you're actually... You're, what you said is your diva behavior of what you need. I'm going to take, I've learned from this. Yeah. 
I'm going to take it on board. Well, no, the thing and... is, though, the thing is, though, I didn't even demand cigarettes on my rider. Um, one of the, the tour managers that we had in the UK, he was, um, he was amazing. He was so lovely. Um, and his name is Mark. And he was like, he was like, you're buying cigarettes every day, do you know? Do you want me to just put them on the rider? And I was like, hell yeah, bitch. And then <laughs> I was like, it was like Prosecco and cigarettes. Oh, like vodka and cigarettes. But I that, will say that was a great thing. impression of Mark, by the way, uh, who I have met, and that was a spot on impression. Because yeah, yeah uh, anyway, you're you're from near Liverpool, right? Yeah, originally. he's a, he's full on scouser, like he talks like that. <laughs> but I like the way he says "but." He says "but." Whoa. You know, we can do that. We can get those lights in. But um, you need to be careful of the stairs. But <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. He's been he was amazing tour manager. Um, but anyway, I will say one thing. Smoking cigarettes on tour is not always a great idea because I, a lot of shows, I think it was in the UK, I got quite sick because I I had a, caught like a cold, a cough sort of thing, um, tested a lot, so it wasn't COVID, but it was like, because you're doing meet and greets every day, you're getting sick from other people's germs. So I was doing some of the shows, like, like, I'd have like a full on like 15, 20 minute bit where I'd do stand up comedy and then I'd be like coughing in between each sentence. And it was like, (laughs) I'd be making COVID jokes, but also coughing my guts out. So it was like a bit, (laughs) I wouldn't suggest, I am going to quit smoking one day, but I can't vape because vaping really fucks with me. Um, Because it's moisture in my lungs. It's just occurred to me that we're basically becoming an advert for smoking. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do it, kids. It's a it's a horrible, terrible do habit. It. Smoke and, until you me, die. Me, 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 and Juno are <laughs> horrible, horrible people. Do not repeat anything we say or do. <laughs> we are not to be trusted. Take a look at either of us and say this person is an upstanding member of society. Yeah, like you can't. You just cannot. Um, the but, uh, in regards to the the, the coughing thing, I had a um. When I did my Deco Punk tour uh, in 20, uh, 2021, um, by the end, I, sa- I, I, I full on just sounded like Tom Waits because <laughs> the, it was a long show. So it was two sets of 45 minutes a night. So by the end, I was like, hello, everybody. Welcome to Deco Punk. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> Without- even try so when I even when I was just talking in the daytime I sounded like this and then I had to go out and do like nearly two hours worth of a show. Oh my god! But again, because I I don't particularly look after myself because I'm a fool. Um, again, by, by the you, end, when you perform, you use your voice in every way possible. <laughs> like you are full on. Like I remember one day I was thinking I was watching you perform. I think it was like a uh, like a Disney. You were doing like. Uh, like a Disney thing where you're doing Disney villains and you would like, you would be singing, but then like go, Oi! like that was quite a good impression of you actually. And, um, but you would like scream. I'm not surprised your voice goes because. You... Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm in this for the long term with how I treat my voice. <laughs> you do it. You do a great impression of me where <clears throat> when Drag Race season two came out, you did a like a <laughs> a reaction review video, and uh, I can't remember exactly what you said. I can't remember. It was something like, "Hello, I am Joe Black, and Joe welcome Black. to the show." <laughs> <laughs> people do impressions of you to you all the time, right? Yeah. Well, um, people people do impressions of me. 
but they do, they'll either do like, be like, oh my goodness me, I look absolutely stunning and that kind of thing. Or they will go, oh, my name is Juno Birch and I feel stunning. Because I, when I, early drag days for me, I did the Jennifer Coolidge voice constantly. Because I felt like it was, it was so comfortable for me to do that voice. Mm -hmm. If I ever spoke at shows, oh, I would talk like this for the whole thing. <laughs> and then I met Jennifer Coolidge and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. Um, She's a real woman stealing. now. <laughs> um, if you, um, is there like a thing that you really, really want to do? Like, is there like a dream <clears throat> goal? I've been asking everyone this and it's become, it's become a thing. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm continuing it with you. I think my, well, I have a few things that I had goals of doing. Um, one of them was to do a tour, which has already happened. Tick, tick, tick. Tick. One of them was to meet Jennifer Coolidge, which has already tick. happened. But one of the things I would love to do one day is I would love to be a reoccurring host on a TV show. I, the idea of doing something like Big Brother or like, I want to be a Davina McCall character that's, I love those celebrities that are off on the side. They're never in the limelight, but they're always that side character that's always there. And they're interviewing people on red carpets. They're like Joan Rivers kind of thing. That's like my goal. Of... Also, I will say one thing. Next year, the Met Gala is rumoured to be space themed. <gasps> and I, I really want to one day go. I'm not an A-list celebrity, so I'm not going to get invited. But I want to go as like that Joan Rivers like menace that's got the microphone and they're stopping celebrities and asking them what they're wearing and that kind of thing. I'd love to be that person. Well, I, I, I think the, the recurring TV thing is entirely possible. Let's try and get like an in with Anna Wintour because I think she sorts the guest list for the Met Gala, right? I have no <coughs> idea. I assume, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. She's a powerful woman, isn't or she? Or maybe I could message Bimini because Bimini's obviously going to be invited. <laughs> She's like the oh. fashion icon of the UK. <laughs> well, you know, if, if, if Bimini's getting an invite, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be getting an invite. More iconic, I think, actually, to be honest. Oh. You know, I'd, you know <laughs> I'm on record as saying it. Um, I mean, Anna Winter also doesn't take her sunglasses off. Yes. And you also are partial to keeping sunglasses on. So maybe Anna Wintour is one of your alien siblings. Anna Wintour, I, I, I love people like Anna Wintour because they just, they look the same all the time. <clears throat> is it because they're dressed like a, like a, they look like a cartoon character? Yeah. I, I'm actually, so I'm really terrible for this. I will have, <clears throat> I'll go for phases where I basically wear the same thing every day. Slight bits will change, like, obviously, because, you know, clothes need to be washed. But I will look the same, and I end up feeling like a cartoon character that's just changing into, like, day and night clothes. So yeah. it's just the same thing, but in a, maybe a slightly different colour. Um, very cartoon network wardrobe. Yeah, I, I have a very cartoon network wardrobe. <laughs> um, and, you, I mean, you, you sort of do as well, right? You, you have a yeah, lot of the... I guess I have my favourite kind of silhouettes of things that I wear. But um, I've experimented a lot over the years with finding my favourite kind of... I started doing a lot of bit, really hourglass corset stuff in drag. And now I'm starting to start swaying towards 
no corset, no pads, baggy kind of like lady bunny vibes, dresses, caftans, yes. So I'm doing Bushwick in New York in September and all my outfits are going to be like ostrich caftan kind of things because it's going to be hot. New York's a sweaty place, but I absolutely fucking love New York. Same. <laughs> I am awesome. I love New York as well. Um, and we are coming towards the end, but I, again, I've asked people this in previous ones and I ain't, I ain't stopping my streak yet. Is there a favourite thing of yours that you've done? Like the, the thing that you've gone, and you just occasionally look back at it and just go, I did that. Um, I would say... Um, lots of things, really. But I think the main... One of the things at the moment is, like, doing the collaboration with Trixie. That's massive to me. Like, that's yeah. such a huge thing. But also being on telly for the first time which was on Discovery Plus on the Trixie Motel. So I think oh, that was a really course. big thing for me. And it, There's it, a th room themed around you, isn't there? Yes, it's the Atomic Bombshell Room. Um, this Trixie is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't she? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, I've been posting all the updates of things that has been happening lately with me and drag, and every single thing that I'm doing is to do with Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, we just look like we're obsessed with each other. But, um, but the thing is... Like, being on that TV show was, like, so fun. And that's really big. I did that kind of moment for me. I think being on telly for the first time. Um, but, oh, no, I know. Wait, also, the tour. <gasps> that's... See, you've done too many good things. That is, like... That's a sleigh. I've never been on Drag Race. I've never been on telly. And I did a whole tour across america australia and the uk that's not bearing in mind a lot of drag race girls don't do their own solo tours well because they can't because they because <laughs> they can't because, because like, they can't i just can't i i that's a big sleigh that is an absolute vagina sleigh I'm, i i'm just gonna add to this so you did your solo tour across the uk usa and america You've been on the Discovery Channel and have a room themed after you in a motel. You have a makeup collaboration. You've been the Christmas campaign for Selfridges. Uh, and there's so much more. And yet, no drag race. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Because though that was the path I went down, you show people that there is more than one way yeah. to make it as a stunning... Uh, drag superstar without the the without being competed against anyone yeah because but the thing is, you is are your own person the thing is i love drag race and drag race is, has has i have to thank drag race so much for i don't think i'd have as big of an audience if it wasn't for drag race um but you can you can love it and, and appreciate it and thank it, but it doesn't mean you need to be involved yeah. in it. And I think that's actually a better way to go. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be long before they're knocking down your door being like, hello, come be a guest judge. That'd I want to be a guest, but the thing is, I don't think they would have another drag queen on the panel. Um, You're an alien. I'm, I'm an alien. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, but the thing is, Jodie Harsh was on there doing the DJ thing. And that's why I could see myself going in that kind of way in the workroom. I would love to do that. Mate, so if anyone's mate, listening... 
they, they absolutely are. I spoke to one of the producers uh, yesterday, and they said, oh, well done on the podcast, by the way. Um, but uh, the... So what would your minute... Um, just before we... I Just sorry, I can always think more stuff comes up, right? This happens to I us think- all the time, is we cannot stop talking when we're together because I send you a voice note, then you send me a voice note, and then on WhatsApp, we've been talking for over an hour. But go on, sorry, go on. Is... I think the note we should leave this on is we should figure out what your mini challenge would be. So Jodie Harsh had the DJing while people did the limbo, right? Yeah. <clears throat> would yours be like a lobster throwing competition or something? Maybe. That's good. But I think what would be a really good chat mini challenge is, so they have loads of fake supermarket fruit and products. You know, like the toy supermarket fruit and things that you would get in like a supermarket? Yeah. Tables and tables of it. And everyone has their own little trolley. And on the count of three, all everyone has to run and grab everything that they can and make a quick outfit on a pretend runway in the workroom, like a little outfit made of shopping, supermarket, grocery items. So this is like supermarket sweep meets... Yeah. Like... Fashion. <clears throat> meets fashion! Yes! Um... I think that's a glorious note to end this on. Yeah. Uh, Juno Birch, thank you so bloody much for chatting to me. Thank you, my darling. It's been a pleasure. And I want to say congratulations on this podcast because it's absolutely stunning. And you just had Dawn French on. Oh, my God. No, and you're following her two weeks later. Imagine such a thing. (laughs) Um, A round of applause for Juno Birch, everybody. Oh, Oh, thank you. Yes, I know. And uh, I think it's um, in the spirit of you. And what do we do at the end of things? Goodbye! Well, there we go. I chatted to the absolutely gorgeous, stunning, sensational Juno Birch. Um, Please be sure to give this a little like on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Um, And I will see you next week with our next guest um yeah it's gonna be a surprise as they've all been except from last week's episode where i said stunning guest but in juno birch's voice which sort of gave it away to be honest anyway hope you're all well and you're living your life deliciously if you're not why not uh, well tell me um yes i uh, hopefully see you on my tour club cataclysm at the in october and november 2022 um, yes, I don't know what else to say. What a lovely time we're having. Goodbye! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.